three, two, one. <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of lost in translation uh, I, type of feel or something. Yeah, I know. I was trying to get there, <laughs> but I never did. Never did. <laughs> well, this is episode 25 of the JP Pod. It's kind of an anniversary. It's a silver anniversary. Okay. Silver. Sil- I, I, I guess the gift for 25 is silver. Uh, the only reason I know that is I had a... When I was a kid, I went and watched the Atlanta Hawks bas- professional basketball team uh-huh. in Atlanta, and they were giving away free stickers, and I took like 10, and they said, Atlanta <laughs> Hawks, silver 25 season. So so what's next? Would it be... I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> no, oh I, my God. I, I think 50th is gold, and 75 oh. is diamond. Oh, Okay gets fancier yeah i mean if you like i guess we have a 75th <laughs> wedding anniversary like diamond and then platinum and then all that yeah stuff like okay. that so if it's like a hundred years you get that like sounds good a million dollars or something i don't know well then we've got to do more podcasting exactly all right but uh, let me set this down okay but yeah we're going to uh, do kind of a special episode today yes are you okay? Are yes. you go ahead and very... go ahead and talk to everybody. I'm kind of tangled up in yes. cords here. Yes. Go ahead and talk to everybody about our upcoming events. We'll go ahead and get that out of the way. Okay. Um. All right. We're gonna. Well, I'll just go ahead and mention about the music part. Yeah, we just we just booked a show recently, so it's a fresh yes. show. <laughs> that would be actually on January 2020. The fourth. Yep. So the fourth of January, mm-hmm. um, we'll be in Bristol, Tennessee, mm-hmm. on right State Street, the, but right on the Tennessee the side. So, 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 so the people in Virginia can also come. Yeah, they can cross the street unless they're on parole, like they've been in jail or something. You can't cross the state line. You, oh, is that happened? Yeah, like if you're on probation, sometimes they say you can't leave the state. So, so that what kind if, of creates if, problems, like in Bristol or something. Yeah. So if you walk around on the Tennessee the street, side or the Virginia it, side, depending whichever on which it's, side, yeah, would it be a problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. If you're not allowed to leave the I state, I never thought about that. Huh? That's interesting. So, but if you're on parole in Virginia, you can. We'll <laughs> open the window or <laughs> well, something. You can stand not. on State Street and listen okay. to us. But uh, yes, January the fourth will be, like I said, at the Cascade Draft House. Draft House. Um, in Bristol, Tennessee side mm-hmm. on the State Street. It's a yellow brick building. Right behind the country music mural. Yes. And we've been kind of playing music and then food trucking there. I love that space. Yeah, it's a nice place. We've done yes. music and food there. so Yes. Uh, not at the same time. Don't. Uh, so when you come to the concert, uh, there may be a food truck there, but not ours. Yes, not, not on the force. Yeah, we can't. It's hard for us to do that <laughs> double duty. Yes, yes. Maybe in the uh, future or something. Yes, yes. So 
like I said, the January the 4th, it, it's, it'll be 2020, so kind of celebrating New Year. Yes, it'll be the New Year concert. Yes, but uh, also, like I said, we have a food track, food track called John Paul USA. We will be on, let's see, the December schedule is basically the Sunday deal at the Riverside Top House, 4.30 to 7.30 will be the same. Except the first. Except the first. That's our birthday yes, celebration. Yes, it's my birthday, December 1st. Here, I'll give you a quick invite if you're a JP Pod listener. We're going to have a joint birthday party at the Riverside Tap House in down, historic downtown Elizabethan, Tennessee on December the 1st. Yes. That's from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. in the middle of the day. It's going to be a joint jam session birthday dessert celebration. That's right. So, so if you can make, if you want to come by, all you've got to do to come in is yes. make a dessert. Yeah, and then I'll talk about it on social media. Or Unless podcast. it's bad, then we won't mention. Okay, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a good baker, mm-hmm. then please give me some cake. We'll be doing some music. <laughs> I'll be sure. I'll be telling some stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be just hanging out with uh, friends and strangers. Yes. So. Uh, anybody's welcome to come by. Oh, yeah. Open to the public. So, uh, December the 1st, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. I mean, 6 p.m. at mm-hmm. the Riverside Tap House in historic downtown Elizabethan. A breath, a breath done. <laughs> downtown Elizabethan within sight of the covered bridge. Mm-hmm. So, we'll be at the Riverside Tap House December 8th, 15th, 22nd, then 29th. Yes. So we'll be there 4.30 to 7.30. Mm-hmm. On with that, let's say, the let's say we start out with it on 12th. Mm-hmm. December 12th. I guess that's called Ballad Health Sycamore Yeah, Shoals? Sycamore Shoals Hospital in okay. Elizabethan. Okay. I don't really understand how those name things. Well, that Ballad Health just, just owns like, all of them. I know, but it used to be something and then it changes yeah, so yeah. much. So... Uh, all I know is Sigma Show. Uh, but uh, we'll be there doing the lunch deal from 11 to 1.30. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually, like I said, on the lunch deal, um, we do little different uh, menu items. Yeah, it's kind of like a boxed lunch kind of. Yes. Just so, all packaged together. Yes. Quick. Lo- <laughs> lots of people love my teriyaki chicken yes yes lots of people do yes but yes i mean i know you're thinking "Eh, it's teriyaki you can get it at whatever those places are Mm -hmm. but i am no i've never had teriyaki chicken like yours yes guarantee you i don't know that i've ever had teriyaki chicken in japan though we don't really go for it i know i know but i know there's teriyaki sauce yes i see it in the grocery stores and stuff yes I guess maybe at home sometimes people make it. Yes, I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, like I said, you if you have not tried our lunch menu, mm-hmm. uh, I encourage you to um, try. Yes. But uh, like I said, at 12, we'll be there at Sycamore Shoals on, uh, from 11 to one thirty, And then uh, that's Thursday, 13th. Of Friday, mm-hmm. oh, uh, December the thirteenth, Friday, we will be back in Arwen. Yes, Union Street tap, tap room, room mm-hmm. from five to eight, and that's a busy weekend. Fourteenth mm-hmm. of December, 
We will be at Cascade Draft House in Bristol, Tennessee from With the food. Yes, 5 to 8. Mm-hmm. And then 15th will be at Elizabethan. Yes. So that's a pretty busy food trucking weekend. Yes. Yeah, that, well, that's kind of our last push before the holidays. Yes. And then also, it kind of close to that, it pushes on to the following week, 18th of December. Mm-hmm. We will be doing the lunch deal at. Daniel Boone High School. High School in Gray, Tennessee. Okay. We just did a, a elementary school near there. Yes. And uh, I don't have the exact times on that yet. Okay. We're still negotiating that. So. Okay. So that is... Oh, and New Year's Eve will be back yes, in Yes, that's Irwin. right, that's right. Back in Arwen Union December 31st. Street Top Room. They'll be having a New Year's Eve party. Yes. So I didn't write down the time on this one. We'll figure that out. Yes. Just yes. Stay, stay tuned or follow us at John Paul USA uh, on the uh, Facebook or yeah. Instagram. If you're going to be there, I would like to be able to do the countdown somewhere. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll see. We'll go stand in the middle of Irwin, I guess. <laughs> countdown with elephants or something. <laughs> But uh, right. so so anyway, that's kind of our stuff. And once again, if you're interested in anything, you can find us online at www.johnpaulusa.com, or you can learn more about musical stuff through Fiddle and Leona at fiddlingleona.com. F i d d l i n g l e o n a. Leona, and also don't forget about Leona's new podcast. If yes. you're bilingual or unilingual, uh, uh, Japanese, Japanese, yeah. so, so, so. Uh, she's got a new uh, a new podcast uh, available. Same same outlets as here. Uh, you can go to fiddlingleona.com, mm-hmm. and there's a podcast link there. Uh, or she's available to it's a, you're available to subscribe to her podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio app. Yes, and then I just started doing that, and then I made the Facebook page, Instagram. Mm-hmm page also yes uh and so your things your call name is fiddle and leona pod p-o-d yes f-i-d-d-l f-i-d-d-l-i-n-g-l-e-o-n-a-p-o-d oh my gosh okay that's that pretty good like, <laughs> okay all right <laughs> really quick at spelling today yes. but uh, anyway we're going to kind of kind of pay honor during mm-hmm. this podcast to a friend of ours that uh, passed away uh, this past weekend yes um we uh, let me go ahead and I'll lay the groundwork just kind of to give the listeners kind of an example of who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, in Japan, you know, bluegrass music is it's popular in certain sections, mm-hmm. like it is here. Yes, it's not. You know, it's. I think we've talked about this a couple of different times on these podcasts, but you know, it's not like Michael Jackson popular or mm-hmm. you know. Uh, uh, Wow, I'm like dating myself, Britney Spears or something like that. You know, like uh, okay, uh, wow. But uh, so I guess my birthday's coming up. I'm getting mm-hmm. older, mm-hmm. so I'm like, remember the time when Britney Spears played oh, music yeah. or whatever? Played music, yeah. Okay, oh my god. <laughs> but, but anyway, so uh, you know, bluegrass music is is popular in certain areas of Japan, but in the Hyogo. Hyogo, Hyogo mm-hmm. region, which is kind of in the Kobe area. Yes. Uh, right next to Osaka as well. Osaka, Kobe, they're kind of right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of that region, the Osaka, the Kobe region, is uh, one of the main hot spots for bluegrass music in Japan. Yes. Yes, and, sir. And a lot of that has to do with uh, Kobe University. Yes. One of the uh, 
state sco- kind of prefecture schools mm-hmm. that's uh, that's there in that area. It's uh, got a bluegrass club, bluegrass mm-hmm. music club. So mm-hmm. uh, each year, uh, you know, they recruit new members to learn bluegrass music, mm-hmm. and that's and that's one thing that keeps fueling that area. Yes. Uh, so, you know, some, some of the people, when they graduate, they continue to create their own band. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of bands around that area. Yes. But one reason why it's the epicenter is, is that's kind of the Kobe Osaka area is the birthplace of the Bluegrass 45. Mm-hmm. And if, if anybody knows anything about Bluegrass music, just a little bit of knowledge, you'll know that name. Oh, yeah. Bluegrass 45, because they were the first... Not even Japanese, basically. Probably the first international group to mm. tour the United States. Probably. Uh, I think it was 71 or 72. Uh, I, my information could be waving on that. But <laughs> but uh, they toured a lot of the, the most popular festivals mm-hmm. in the United States. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the first moment that bluegrass music came full circle. Yeah, you know, created 70. in this region... Mm-hmm. Uh, spread out, spread all across the world, and then came back. Yes. So it was a big moment mm-hmm. kind of in the history of bluegrass music as far as global uh, bluegrass music. And um, uh, the band consisted, we've talked about a little bit, one other podcast yes, early yes, on about yes. the Bluegrass 45, uh-huh. but it consisted of three sets of brothers. I see, yes. So... That's kind of interesting. You don't see many bands that are three sets of brothers. True. Uh, and two of the brothers were uh, Sob, Sob-san, mm-hmm. and Toshio-san. Yes. And uh, Sob, Sob, Sob played the man- banjo, mm-hmm. and Toshio played... The bass. Bass, mm-hmm. yes. So so uh, Sob, uh, Sob passed away this past weekend, and the world's kind of... Uh, you know, on social media and stuff, you know, everybody's outpouring. And just just first off, you know, our thoughts and prayers, mm-hmm. our whole mind right now is with his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, son, son, daughter, mm-hmm. wife, yeah. uh, brother, mm-hmm. all of them. Uh, you know, all of our thoughts are with them. But I just wanted to kind of share my... Uh, how he made me who I am. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Most people don't realize the, the deep connection. No. So should I start from the beginning? Sure. Sure. So. <laughs> this is tough. Okay. So okay. when I was in college, Taro, mm-hmm. uh, his son, he's a musician, mm-hmm. performs all over uh, all over Japan and the world. Taro Anoe, mm-hmm. a mandolin player, and uh, we were in the same group at East Tennessee State University. Mm-hmm. And... It uh, uh, he played mandolin and I was playing banjo. We were in at that time. It wasn't called the Pride Band. ETS. I was not. No, it was the Senior Band, <laughs> which made us sound like we were. Oh my gosh, that's kind old. of yes. <laughs> but uh, it made it sound like we all had like canes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was the top uh, top performing bluegrass band at East Tennessee State University, mm-hmm. and uh, we had toyed around with the idea of going to Japan, and. Uh, when, when Tyro came? Yeah, while he was here. I see. Yeah. You know, his first year, we'd kind of, man, boy, that would be cool. Well, uh, our teacher at the time, uh, the founder of the Bluegrass program, Jack Toddle, he was in, he was thought the idea was good as well. Uh-huh. But, so, you know, they started making some connections, and obviously Taro's father, who is Saab. Yes. Uh, 
uh, he talked to, you know, talked to him and he helped kind of potentially think about it and set everything up. We just didn't have funding at the moment. Yes. We were looking for money. Mm-hmm. Uh, lo and behold, uh, Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie, uh, they were married at the time, not anymore, mm-hmm. but, uh, they were, uh, I guess it was the tax season, and they were wanting to give money uh-huh. to something to do with Appalachian music, and they called the college, and lo and behold, uh-huh. their lawyer called the college, and uh, 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 Dr. Haskell, who was uh, directing the, the Appalachian Studies program at that mm-hmm. time, took the phone call. And they just happened to say, we were looking, for, we were thinking about doing car washes or doing something to raise money mm-hmm. to go to Japan. Well, lo and behold, they called and said, hey, Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie want to donate money to something to do with Appalachian music. Can I ask a question on that? Yeah. At that point, was it like not good to talk about that? Oh, their name? Uh-huh. No, they, they, put, a, they put a deal okay. with their deal that we couldn't mention their names. Okay, because a lot of... Japanese people have no idea about it. Right, yeah. A lot of people here don't know about it. A lot of people probably related to me don't know about it. Can I talk Japanese to explain that yeah、yeah、yeah。あと、これをね、聞いてる、え、ブルーグラス関係者の皆さんの人、多分知らない人が多いと思うんですけど、太郎が日本にこのETSUのバンドを日本 ツアーとして連れてきた時にお金がまずその飛行機代だったりとにかくね旅費とかそういうのを出してもらえる場所を探している時にたまたまえビリー・ボブ・ソートンっていうえ俳優さんそれからアンジェライナアンジェリーナ
so I could quickly tell that, you know, they were the, the main deal. So we were going to have a tour for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, for some reason, all of my other, all of the other members, like, wanted to come home as soon as possible. So uh, I wanted to stay mm-hmm. an extra week or so. Mm-hmm. I think I stayed about an extra 10 days. Wow. And uh, so everybody else went back home to, I don't know, party with their parents or something. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so I stayed. And uh, I was, you know, our tour was over and I was just wanting to kind of hang out like I normally do. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, at that time, I had been nowhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, never dealt with, other than Taro... Never dealt with any international people much. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where I went to school and high school and stuff, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't nobody from anywhere else other than like Ohio or something. Mm-hmm. And we thought they were the weirdest people uh, in the world. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, so I volunteered and I just wanted to. I wanted to, I thought, who knows, that could be my only opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm just going to hang out. We finished up our last festival, and as I mentioned earlier, they have the Kobe University Bluegrass Band, Mm -hmm. or Bluegrass Club. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I was from the ETSU Bluegrass Band at that time. And uh, while I was there, that week, in the middle of that 10 days I was there, they were going to have about, I think it was three or four days of a bluegrass camp, that Mm -hmm. Kobe University. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, well, that sounds cool. Well, then Saab talked to him mm-hmm. for me. And he came up and he said, how would you like to, for three days or four, whatever it was, would you like to go to, they would like for you to come to their band camp. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, that'd be kind of cool. I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I had no idea what it was or where it was at. <laughs> or I, I think the only thing I asked him, I'm like, do you think I'll be able to communicate? Uh-huh. And he was like, ah, you know, Saab was always like real laid back. He's like, ah, it's okay. It's okay. Like, yeah, don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't yeah. worry about yeah. it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, that's what I'm thinking. Could be my only opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm here to experience something different. I'm like, let's do it. Uh-huh. So he kind of, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> pressured me. Uh-huh. To go. Uh-huh. Normally, that was outside of my comfort zone. Well, I mean, yeah, I can understand. I had just got comfortable hanging out with <laughs> yes. him. Uh-huh. And then he's like, here, go hang out with, with these people. With these people, yeah. And then all, I mean, they were my age. Yeah. Uh, but you don't know. But don't. I don't know. I've met them at the festival just a little bit. Yeah. And so anyway, so he suggested I go to that. And it was this unique experience it was this bluegrass band camp that was held at a buddhist temple (laughs) and like we were sleeping in like the temple rooms on like bamboo mats and then all day people were learning their instrument and like Mm -hmm. jamming and all this stuff together yeah and and i was too and then so they were all working towards they were basically it was amazing it this was their vacation time from school. Yeah. And they were voluntarily practicing. Oh, yeah. All the, they basically practiced for two or three days, mm-hmm. solid, every day. Yeah. And then they would do a concert mm-hmm. the last day. Yeah. So just constant music, constant jamming, uh, constant uh, 
the monks would make our food during the day, <laughs> like all of our meals. Mm-hmm. So we would have to go eat in like the monk cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- that was the first time I experienced curry. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, 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 everybody got so excited. It's like, it's curry day. And I'm like, that. Uh, that was the first time I'd ever had probably any kind of curry. Because there wasn't, at that point in time around here, there wasn't Indian curry. It didn't exist. Oh, I see, I see. So there was really no opportunity mm-hmm. to, other than maybe a Chinese restaurant mm-hmm. or something. And uh, so, so you know, we did that, and that was a unique experience. I met many friends that still, to this day, when I go back to that area, we get to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I made many friends at that thing, and that kind of opened me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I was ready for more. Mm-hmm. So that trip came to an end. I had a great time, you know, hung out with Saab. We would hang out of the nights when I was there. And he mm-hmm. showed me how to make taco yaki, mm-hmm. which is the octopus balls. And he mm-hmm. taught me how to make tempura. Mm-hmm. And he also taught me how to save the, when you make something tempura, save the edges Oh, that. The little crunchy. Yeah, like if you eat it long. If you don't know what I'm talking about, like if you eat it long, John Silver's all the crunchy stuff in Mm -hmm. the bottom. Keep all that. And then if you're just eating rice as a snack, put it on it. (laughs) Yeah, that's like the most junkiest of food ever. But but we were picking those little pieces out of that and putting it in a cup or something on the table. (laughs) And then next morning we got up yeah. and dumped it on the rice. I can totally see him doing that. And he's like, oh, it's so good. And I'm like, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I, 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 it was good, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we did that. So I left and, and, and I came back. I started going back to Japan every year mm-hmm. voluntarily. Yeah. Uh, I would go back with Taro uh, for a few years and mm-hmm. we would do shows, duo shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, so, you know, I started going back and obviously I would stay at Taro's house and uh, they lived in Takarazuka, mm-hmm. Japan, uh, between Kobe and Osaka. And uh, we would, uh, you know, we would go around and play. But, you know, there'd always, I'd always leave purposefully about a week. Mm-hmm. I could just hang out. <laughs> but it wasn't, it was, I wanted to hang out because it was cool hanging out with Saab. Yeah. Uh, he would... We would sit around and he would like teach me about, you know, uh, Japan or food in Japan mm-hmm. or Japanese culture. He would teach me about his experiences in bluegrass music, mm-hmm. like, you know, hanging out with Earl Scruggs or, or playing with J.D. Crow mm-hmm. and, you know, all these, all these unique things, which I was totally into at the time. I mean, I still am, mm-hmm. but I was at that point in time. I was learning. Yeah, I was wanting to gather as much information as possible. Yeah, about the old days. Mm-hmm. And you know, he talked about like Peter Rowan. He was good friends with him, and how mm-hmm. he showed up to his house one time, didn't even tell him he was coming to Japan. <laughs> and he showed up knocking, f- remembered where his house was yeah. from the train station <laughs> somehow. Gosh. It was up this huge hill. Hill, like it's not like. How should I say? I don't know. It's, it's almost it's like you that. have to get down on all four hands, yes. and, hands and feet. It's a <laughs> steep hill. It's like a San Francisco situation. Yes, but like forever. The town's like built up the yes. hill. Yes. Oh, my god. And then the school's on very top. Mm-hmm. And, 
and the train stations inconveniently at the bottom. At the bottom, yes. But uh, <laughs> so, so well, going down, it's easy. You just kind of run straight down the hill. But uh, so you know, this was my image of Japan, especially the first four or five years that I went, because mm-hmm. this is where I would stay most of the time. Yeah. You know, later on, I started basing out of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. But at this point in time, I was basing out of Takarazuka. I see. And, uh, you know, uh, we would uh, we would hang out and just talk about, like, uh, all kinds of stuff. He would show me stuff on the banjo. But one, probably, I don't even know if I've ever told you this. Mm-hmm. This may be a new story. Okay. But probably, as far as when we would talk about banjo, mm-hmm. the most important thing he ever showed me or told me mm-hmm. was and I noticed later when you when I look back at some of the stuff he was telling me he didn't want me to do it okay. but he was trying to give me a reason to do it this other way let me explain I know everybody's like what's he talking yeah, about <laughs> so you know in Japan the house, they lived in a house, and, mm-hmm. but houses are fairly close to each other. Yeah. Sometimes like three or four feet and there's the oh, next yeah. window yeah. to the other house. Right next to you. So, you know, everything's pretty close. You've mm-hmm. basically just got enough room to walk between your houses. Yeah. And, and I realized it was late of the evening and he didn't want to bother. Now I know he didn't want to bother the neighbors mm-hmm. and I'm pretty loud. Mm-hmm. So he's like... You should learn how to play without your pick zone and just the skin of your finger. And then I took it as like some sort of like, at that moment, I took it as like some sort of like Mr. Miyagi kind of teaching. Like a trick or something. Well, no, like, yeah, like this must mean (laughs) something. So I got all serious about Uh it. And for like a year Uh until the next year. Uh Mm-hmm. I would sometimes practice with my picks off, Uh which is rougher. It's harder to play, harder to make sound. Uh But actually, by doing that, it made me so much better at picking. Okay, that's probably just everybody in his house was just so sick of hearing your banjo practice. But it really, it it mechanically helped me. Made it, yes. I understand. Because then when you put the picks on, Mm -hmm. it's like you're doing it. It's more difficult Mm -hmm. without the picks. Huh. Does that make sense? Okay. To, to play fast and play yeah, yeah, with yeah. tone. Mm-hmm. But if you can do it without picks, then when you put the picks on, it's so much easier. You, I don't know if you notice, I still sometimes just play with no picks on. Oh, okay. I think it was just... To not bother not everybody. To, yes. Or, well, I mean, just they just wanted to... But that's, <laughs> that's where I was going with it. That was a lesson. It was a... He even got me to not do something, but taught me a lesson also. I see, I see. Does that make sense? Well, that's good. Later on in life, it I figured out, out what was going on. <laughs> but And then here's here's the second one of those uh-huh. kind of lesson things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I would be there, uh, and I'd always have downtime, uh-huh. at least a week or so, uh, he would, uh, you know, I was sitting there one day and I was just hanging out. Mm-hmm. I was just going to aggravate him, but he also wrote the magazine, so he needed. I realized he needed some time to work on the magazine, yeah, and uh, to do writing, and I and uh, he suggested that I go get on the train by myself, which I hadn't done to this mm. point, and I'm like, oh, do you think I can? He's like, oh yeah, 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 it's real easy, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> 
like you know and i'm like (laughs) once again i think they're just so sick of you playing banjo in the house all day just like go somewhere yeah well you know how that is (laughs) but okay so anyway i get sent off Mm -hmm. he writes on a sheet of paper Mm -hmm. uh uh kind of the luckily from where he lived, the Takarazga station, to Osaka was the last yes. stop. So I wasn't going to get lost. Uh-huh. And Takarazga was the last stop. Uh-huh. Both ways. Yeah. So I just stay on until it quits. Uh-huh. So I go in and like, you know, the first day I go into Osaka. Mm-hmm. And I literally just hang out. Like, I'm still out of my comfort zone. I'm in a foreign country mm-hmm. from mountainside in Tennessee. And... So I'm real hesitant. Mm -hmm. So I get off the train, and the first day I literally just hang out within like a hundred feet of Mm -hmm. my train exit. Uh I just go look at this store. I just stand in the middle of the Umeda train station in Uh Osaka. Uh, They have the big man TV. Uh Eventually I get, maybe the second day I got enough motivation or whatever to walk myself out to the big man tv screen mm. you know then the third day mm-hmm. i would go to the outside of the station so each day i would but i would always just go far enough where i remembered how to get back, back. <laughs> does that make sense i didn't have a map or anything uh-huh. that was before uh google maps well, i guess so yeah i mean you could print something on the computer but yeah. <laughs> but you didn't have anything mobile and uh so I was like, Shh. I was like, well, so, but each day I kept going out and that, that experience gave me enough, I guess, confidence from that, from about the second year of that, mm-hmm. I had no more anxiety or concern about going anywhere. I see. I knew that I could navigate myself. Does I that see. make sense? Yeah. So that lesson, maybe it didn't start out as an actual lesson. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was just, just like I said, it just goes, right, right. please go somewhere, please. But yeah. I learned a lesson from it. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I get it. So, and so many, you know, many different small things, but just the few, I guess, weeks over a few years that I got to spend with him mm-hmm. were some of the most interesting to me. Yeah. Because he, he had all of my interests. He, you know, he could tell me about Japanese stuff that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. He could tell me about bluegrass stuff that I wasn't around for back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then he could, you know, he helped me also under kind of understand the Japanese bluegrass scene. Mm-hmm. Understand like there's groups over here and clubs over here. And, yeah. And kind of how they all intertwine or, or don't intertwine with each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I got a lot of useful, in my early 20s, I got a lot of useful knowledge so, yeah. for as far as bluegrass, global bluegrass music. Mm-hmm. And, and Saab knew every, he had, he if we sometimes at his table late at night, he would get these picture books out. Mm-hmm. Like, were there like with Earl Scruggs and mm-hmm. Bill Monroe and like. He was actually a bluegrass boy officially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one, that there, one. There was a tour where Kenny Baker quit. Yes. <laughs> before they right before they came to Japan, mm-hmm. and Tater Tate had to go play fiddle, mm-hmm. and they, Bill needed a bass player, so Sobson went on tour with him and played, played bass. bass. Yes. And and he's officially is a bluegrass boy because he got a check. 
Oh, he did. Yeah. Huh. If you, I think if you got a, I think the rule was if you got a, a true paycheck, mm-hmm. at least one, you got to be the official list. See, that's what I'm saying. But that's say. the first. Think about it, though. First international person I to know. play in a bluegrass band. Yeah, that's why when I read this bluegrass today, mm-hmm. the article, this is not enough to write about him. Well, I mean, I could do I could do like five podcasts. Yes, I, I think there are so many people who still not really knowing how much he has done to Japanese bluegrass scene. Yes. And bluegrass younger generation, especially those university students. Yeah, he's helped keep that going. Yes, yes. So... That's that's interesting. And your, do you want to talk just a little bit Would about? That be okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. It's not just about my. You know, I it's didn't not know. just about my story. I didn't know. Yeah. Well, the, the I'm gonna go get a drink. Or sure, sure, sure. So, a lot of the people who is in this bluegrass music world ish type of thing, um, they know he was the main bluegrass guy in Japan. And, I mean, that's correct as what JP just talked about. Um, He's done so much to Japanese bluegrass, uh, especially younger generation, creating those uh, bluegrass club or circle, they call, um, uh, around the Kobe, Osaka area. Uh, There's a lot of his work put into that. And, um, but... The another thing that's not really known so much is it's kind of connected to my dad story also. Yeah, you actually came to him not bluegrass world, but no, other not world. The, the first sub-son is not from bluegrass to mm-hmm. me. Uh, my dad, uh, I think uh, at the very beginning of podcast or so, we kind of talked about who we are type of a thing. And then mm-hmm. talked about my dad was influenced by a lot of American roots music. Mm-hmm. And when he was, I guess, late 20, like 28, 29 years old-ish mm-hmm. type thing, uh, time, he had a band called The Last Show. Mm-hmm. Which basically what they performed was kind of country rock. Yeah, yeah. Type of music. Was that was that the band that was heavily influenced by the area code six one five? Yes. So there's a lot of southern American roots music influence, mm-hmm. which had uh, they had a, a steel guitar guy mm-hmm. and uh, also this banjo players. And then the very first album they mm-hmm. made as the last show, Sub was actually the banjo. Banjo, yeah. yes. There's a, I think it's a Roadrunner is the one of the song that my dad com- uh, composed. It's just an instrumental mm-hmm. song, but um, that's a electric guitar and then a steel guitar and banjo playing all kinds of melodic stuff mm-hmm. uh he is sub is playing a really magnificent scent uh like a really i don't know how to explain those right. yeah a great solo on that um cut and uh basically my dad and that band was trying to even 
even come to the United States to debut also. Like do a tour, yeah. Yes, he actually, my dad came to Nashville a long, long, long time ago and uh, talked to the lady at the CMA mm-hmm. and was going to be able to put this band thing together. Right. But uh, because of the visa situation and how to f- raise a family in different country type of thing, so they never could happen on that one. Right, right. But my dad and other, uh, most of them, moved to basically in Tokyo area, and then they became professional uh, music players. Mm-hmm. They are studio musicians, and they they performed everywhere. But Saab didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad often... Um, talked about how he wanted a sub to come move to Tokyo and become a professional banjo player right. and perform music together. Mm-hmm. So my first sub son's banjo is probably when I was even in my mom's belly. Right, right, right. While they were playing. Where, yes, yes. And uh, later on... I think it was, um, but I knew about Saab and, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard him playing and so on. So, but later on when I was maybe 17-ish or so, um, I would just uh, maybe went to my dad's concert or so mm-hmm. or watch somebody perform in Ginza mm-hmm. and just walking around or going home or something. Then we saw Taro, right, right. which we were hearing that Taro moved to Tokyo and started performing mm-hmm. music. So we were just like, oh, hey, my dad remembered him and then just, hey, so-and-so. And I don't even know how soon after mm-hmm. I just got to meet the Taro again. Uh-huh. And I told him I've been wanting to learn fiddle music. Mm-hmm. So he started teaching me some fiddle, fiddle tunes mm-hmm. and started playing, hanging out with him mm-hmm. and then started playing music. Ended up, we were calling just Tyro and Leona. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we shortened it, called Tyro Dale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we just started writing some songs and started playing together. And then he just said, well, why not just have a tour, Japan mm-hmm. tour? So Sub helped us mm-hmm. book in all the shows. Right going everywhere in Japan and I got to stay at his house mm-hmm. also. Right. I made a takoyaki. Back mm-hmm. then I had an experience working at takoyaki stands. Right, 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 right. You've been doing it. Yes. Yeah. But Taro was al- always talking about how great Sabasan's takoyaki mm-hmm. was. So we just like Sabasan, please, please feed us mm-hmm. your takoyaki. So I know he's a secret, right, but right. <laughs> <laughs> but he prepared everything, and then he made me to make takoyaki. Yeah, yeah. And he stand right behind me, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'm sitting down and making it, and he's just doing this and looking over, and then like, huh, you're pretty good. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not bad. Is yeah. So yes, Sabasan is like. Giving me the thumbs up <laughs> making takoyaki. Actually, like when I first heard of you, it was at his house. Uh huh. Uh huh. I was on. I was actually on tour with uh, Kunimoto, Takahara uh-huh. Kunimoto. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And 
I think we played in Osaka or something, and we stopped there, and it was before I met you the first time. We were going back to Tokyo. It was right before. Right before? Yeah, like two or three days. Oh, okay. So back in 2005? Yeah. Okay. So I was like, he was like, yeah, there's this girl in Tokyo or whatever. She wants to play fiddle. And I was like, oh, that's that's good. I was like, what's she look like? <laughs> he's like, ah, man. She's kind of cute. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have much hope at that point in time. You know? Like... Well, I, I was like, know. oh, she must be pretty rough then. If Wasn't everybody... she cute, huh? Well, yeah, she was. <laughs> but, you know, it, but uh, I was having, you know, at that point in time, I'm like, ah, if somebody's like being like, nah, you know, I'm like, maybe, maybe not. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, so I had a, you know, time that I, you know, I was still trying to learn bluegrass music and, you know, he done taught so many tunes. He, mm-hmm. he, I actually got to even play twin fiddle with him. Uh-huh. At, uh, I think it was a Gifu festival. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've done a lot. And uh, since he was, I mean, he's pretty much almost the same age as my dad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was always thinking of him as kind of my bluegrass dad yeah, yeah. but i think it's everybody's bluegrass dad yeah I'm, yeah 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 because yeah. <laughs> it seemed like everybody has at least spent some time with him yes you know and then <laughs> yeah and then like i said he was always working on those you know something for younger generation well even even at home like you know when even uh, couple of times when I was staying there, uh-huh. they would even open their house up to, like, foreign international students. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I, yes. I was in there. I know one time there was, like, a girl from Australia mm-hmm. that was also staying there. Yeah. She was being a little bit more motivated than me. She was going out and doing things uh-huh. and stuff. Uh-huh. But uh, I was just kind of hanging around and everybody suggesting I go experience yes. something. I'm like, well, I'll go experience something. Like, <laughs> but yeah. but I just, I can't, on my end, I can't explain like, like say I was just backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I've always liked to talk or something, but you know, I, I never knew how to navigate around a city or anything. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, at that point in my life, I had probably been to when I first went to Japan, I'd probably been to like maybe the biggest cities like Atlanta or DC I or see. something like that. Those are about the biggest cities I'd ever been in. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and I was always with other people. Yeah. I've never been by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, here, go do something. Yeah. <coughs> but he's, like I said, uh, he created those, you know, uh, younger generation people to be able to have those bluegrass circles and everything. He actually helped a lot of bluegrass couples. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the yeah. <laughs> and be- I have to say, because I guess, of the college clubs, they yeah, get to know but each other. Also, I guess ours are kind of because of him too. Well, everybody's connected. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, well, I guess I guess it's okay to tell. He told me. <laughs> What? Like, even him, he and his wife mm-hmm. were introduced by Kenny Baker. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, uh, Bill Monroe's famous fiddle player for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, uh, and I will say this about going along with the Kenny Bakers. After he told me that story, mm-hmm. then he, he added to that story and said that I had the second worst English accent to understand oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> than anybody except Kenny Baker. 
<laughs> and, and I was thinking, that's pretty bad, though. Kenny yes. Baker's like from way back in the day, and I'm the second yes. worst uh, yes. English accent to understand. <laughs> yes, I've heard him, mm-hmm. so I can I can say yes, he's right. But uh, but yeah, so you know, that, but you know, he was kind of had a bluegrass introduction, so it's yeah. kind of fitting that he led to other bluegrass oh, yes. introductions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, even lately, I see those COVID bluegrass circle. They'll get married to each they other. They are getting married in the kimono, like mm-hmm. a traditional wedding kimono. But then jamming. And with, they're jamming with, like, the bride is playing banjo, playing banjo or something. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yes, bluegrass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, yeah, I mean, but his, you know, his influence, not just on music, but just on people's general life is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, how many people has he affected oh it's you can't count you know i mean (laughs) it's so many it's just uh, you know like i say it's a it's it's a terrible sad thing but there's so many like good things yeah yeah i uh, mean to remember yeah and the thing it just makes me so cry is like every image of him mm-hmm. is smiling do you notice that oh, i've yeah. never seen him Mad being or, angry yeah. or anything like that it's just always that smile laughing and or something laughing mm-hmm. and uh, always worrying about his hair <laughs> yes i do know that i will say i will, I will say this on a fact <laughs> Every, whenever, so, so a lot of times when he would come to the United States, yeah. I kind of, if he was in this area, I might take him to the airport or mm-hmm. something. And like always, the two things, every, I think I dealt with him, dealt with him four or five times. Uh-huh. The two things he always wanted, he had to go to Walmart uh-huh. and he would buy the hair stuff. Yes. At Walmart. Yeah. And then his favorite food or something or meal was always the steak from Waffle House. He said that was his favorite. He told me one time, I asked him what his favorite meal was, and he's like, the steak from Waffle House. And I'm like... Well, I don't know what it is. I'm I'm going to have to ask all my dad. All those older guys, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like my dad, you know, when, when we put him to the hotel right next to Waffle House or something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, Waffle House. <laughs> like, what? I've never what in my life this? got excited over Waffle. I've only, I only eat there when there's nothing else open. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. But, yes, they get really excited. So. Yes. But he's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he always had a nice oh, hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, flowing. Yes. Yeah. But he's just... <laughs> always yeah he would i'd have to get him hair all kinds of hair products from he would fill (laughs) up a suitcase but but what another thing that was always funny whenever i would whenever i would go over there like uh like he was always practical he taught me how to travel too like not to put too much stuff in Uh my suitcase uh and all that but what would be funny was is whatever i had like toiletry items Uh like if i had some sort of like shaving cream or Uh something uh Like is I the day before I was trying to pack and get ready to leave, he's like, "Oh, you don't need this. You don't need that. Here, you don't need. It's too much weight. Take this out." Actually... But one time I came to came to visit him, and uh, he's always worried about weight and too much stuff in a uh-huh. suitcase. And I brought him an iron skillet. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And he's like, first thing he's like, oh, "Wasn't this too heavy?" <laughs> 
to put and not, but I you know I didn't uh, I was within Wade I guess but yeah I'm the only person to travel to Japan with iron skillets yeah cast iron yeah and, uh, you know what he was telling you to leave some you know toothpaste or whatever yeah. all those stuff I know he was <laughs> wanting it I know that mm-hmm. I but know I got that. it and I got in the habit of doing that anytime I'd go anywhere. If I had like a half a full bottle of something left, I mean, I guess Sob taught me there's no reason to take this. I just throw it away. <laughs> no, seriously, I don't know what it is, but it's just like even my dad the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to America, do whatever the thing, and then like whatever they bring it back, it's like literally those like, huge toothpaste that yeah, don't yeah. really taste good. Right, but it's just so huge yes, and cheap, I like, guess. Yeah, or like it's so red color uh-huh. or something. Oh, like yeah. the red toothpaste yes. I use. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, that just, like a cherry like, taste or something. Yeah. yeah. But I love the taste. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but they all do that thing. But uh, but yeah but just just I mean I, I seriously I could talk for five hours but I just you know I just wanted to take you know take a few minutes and just you know pay honor to yeah. a man that's done a lot for like I say not only you know a lot for bluegrass and old time music country music around the world but also who just actually affected so many people's lives. Yes. Yes. I mean. I know. It's just, uh, I wish he he could be a little bit more. Yes. Because yes. he was, his birthday is December the 3rd. I remember that because mine is first, yours Mine's is fourth. fourth and, it's in between. You know, we always talk about, oh, we're the Sagittarius. Yeah. Was that? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, he was, I think he was about to turn 70. Is that it? Yeah. Mm. So, I just, uh. I'm just having a t- tough time, but but uh, do, do us a favor if you listen to this and you're curious about it, go go on YouTube or something and look at Bluegrass Forty Five. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, check, if if you if you've not, there's a lot of videos and stuff, but uh, super fun band. They do all kinds of they, they oh, yes. all kinds of comedy and <laughs> uh, play instruments on top of their heads and behind their backs. Yes, and, uh, just. Great, great, I mean, great idea. Caught a lot of attention. Oh, yes. So, I mean, it's still to this day, you know, any of the older people that used to go to festivals uh-huh. back in the day, they know they, exactly they remember. Who I'm talking oh, yeah. About. Oh, yeah. They're like, yes, I've seen them. They always wore these, like, really <laughs> 70s, almost bell bottom yes. striped oh, pants my gosh. and stuff. I know. Matching. I know. <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, wonderful experience, and like I say, just uh, uh, just just in honor of uh, uh, of uh, Sob Song, go go on YouTube or Amazon or wherever you watch videos or listen to music, and just check out a little bit of the Bluegrass Forty Five. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> well, we'll leave you at this uh, uh, episode twenty five. Uh, we'll we'll get ready to to go on out and here I'll play this I'll play this last tune without no <laughs> Which, whatever tune I'm going to play I don't know uh-huh. yet but, but uh, you've been listening to the JP pod and I'm JP I'm fiddling Leona have a good morning good day or good night wherever in the world you're at <laughs>